Hello and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. While navigating an early career in this virtual world, you may be wondering what's next. Fidelity Next is a live webcast and podcast series for post-secondary students, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. Fidelity Canada has a long history of meeting students directly on campus, and we hope these Fidelity Next webcasts and podcasts will bridge that gap and provide you with the information we share during typical sessions on campus. In today's first episode, host Emily Ananuevo is joined by Como Sharma, Campus Relations Manager, and Elizabeth Cameron, Social Media Manager, who share tips on social media do's and don'ts, so you can make a lasting impression and avoid damaging mistakes in how you're represented online. Fidelity Next will be a regular webcast and podcast series, so subscribe so you don't miss future podcasts, and head to fidelity.ca for more information on future live webcasts. So let's get to the social media do's and don'ts. But first, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Next. I'm Emily Enenwevo. Now more than ever, young people are thinking about securing a job and finding their career path as we all live through uncertain times and deal with this ongoing health crisis. But the truth of the matter is, lots of companies are still hiring, so it's really important for students and young investors to stay on track and grow in their careers. On Fidelity Next, our purpose is to provide insights on what a career looks like at our company, give you tools to navigate your job search, and help you build a professional profile through virtual networking, resume building, and more. Now, social media plays a huge role when looking for a job. Quite honestly, it could make or break your chances of landing that dream role. That's because hiring managers will often check your social media profiles before even meeting you. So what can you do to make a lasting impression, and what costly mistakes should you avoid on social media? To help guide us through this topic is Fidelity's Campus Relations Manager, Komal Sharma, and Fidelity's Social Media Manager, Elizabeth Cameron. Komal and Elizabeth, so excited to have you both on our very first Fidelity Next show. How are you? Hi, Emily. Thanks for having us. Happy to have you both here. As I mentioned off the top, we are truly in unprecedented times. Our job search faces a whole new set of challenges as we all connect virtually these days. Como, I want to start with you. What should a student do to avoid mistakes and missteps on social media? Thanks, Emily. So welcome, everyone. As Emily mentioned, my name is Como Sharma, and I am the Campus Relations Manager here at Fidelity Canada. Um, so Emily, as you said, social media does play a huge part in our lives in general. And when job searching, it's very key for candidates to be aware of how they're presenting themselves online because employers are checking to see if the, can the way the candidate presented themselves in the interview is the same way that they're presenting themselves online. 
So the first thing that I would say is check your privacy settings. You know, maybe consider setting your profile to private. So if you don't want employers to see your posts, they simply won't. Um, but one thing that candidates sometimes overlook is that even though you have your profile to private, employers don't have to be on your friends list to see your profile picture. You know, a simple Google search can bring your profile picture um, to life for any employer to see. So you want to make sure that it's an appropriate one. So that's a good point because, um, you know, not just for employers, but in general, writing mean comments, appropriate comments, obviously speaks to a person's value. And at Fidelity, we have our core values, of course. And like most companies, we are looking for people who share those values, right? So all great tips. Um, I want to talk a little bit about LinkedIn. Um, someone argue it's the number one social media channel for B2B marketing. Um, Elizabeth, I want to bring you into the conversation um, and talk about your LinkedIn profile. So can you provide tips on how students can use LinkedIn to their benefit? Sure. Uh, Emily, as you mentioned, LinkedIn is incredibly important as a social media platform for making uh, professional connections. It really is the number one social media platform uh, to um, find a job. And essentially, if you're looking for a job, you really do need to have a strong LinkedIn presence. So the first thing you want to think about when building out that LinkedIn profile is your profile picture. Como mentioned the importance of a profile picture, but especially on LinkedIn, you want to think about picking something that's professional, uh, that shows you the, um, the way that you would want to look at work. Um, so no vacation photos, no photos of you on the beach. Um, and make sure you're also the only one in that photo. It, it should just be of you. And this is something um, that sounds obvious, but is really important. Uh, we'll need to be able to see your eyes in that picture. Um, it's important for people to see your eyes in a photo so that they can recognize you and make sure that it's recent as well. Um, it makes sure it looks like uh, what you look like now. Um, again, so when you're making those connections online, they might uh, translate into some real connections on a professional level. Okay, all good tips, um, all specific tips. If I didn't, you know, realize about that sort of the eye level and and no pictures with your with your pets. Keep it professional, right? Um, I want to go more into sort of the different categories on LinkedIn because, like I said, the the LinkedIn profile is, is you know, the main social media platform hiring managers look at. Uh, what about the about section, Elizabeth? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. For that about section, it's essentially your elevator pitch for who you are. Um, so we like to say, try to keep it brief, uh, three to four sentences tops. Um, and essentially it should just uh, be, you know, who you are, what you offer, and make sure that you include any achievements that you have. Um, some examples would be awards. Um, maybe you've been recognized for some of the volunteer work you do. And if you're going into a field where there might be an expectation um, for you to have a, a particular certification, make sure you mention in your about section that you do have that certification or that you're working on um, getting something like, um, you know, a professional designation in HR. OK, all great tips. Um, and you actually want to kind of make LinkedIn a snapshot of your personal brand and sort of save more information for your cover letter, letter as well. Is that, is that right, Elizabeth? Absolutely. Like I said, being brief is important. Make sure that you keep it very top line because um, you want to make sure that uh, people who are looking to hire you can uncover more about you in that cover letter and resume. 
Okay, perfect. Um, can you go um, more into the work experience and what you should include sure. in your in that section on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, don't copy and paste from your resume. You really want to do keep things very brief and top line here. With social media on any platform, think of uh, the person who's going to see your profile as being just as busy as you are. They're likely looking very quickly. So you want to make your point fast and you want to make it important. Um, so you can, in your work experience, go into very top line detail of what you've done at past jobs. But to me, the most important thing to include is an accomplishment you might have made while you're at work. So let's say you're talking about um, your past time working in a mailroom. Don't just tell me that, you know, you were sorting the mail. Tell me about how you um, came up with a new organizational system to sort the mail. Something like that. Maybe, like I said, you won an award. Um, you were top of your uh, class in, in a competition. Things like that are really important to make you stand out on LinkedIn. The other thing I want to quickly talk about is the skills section, uh, because this is a particular um, function of LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you're able to include some skills. Uh, they're pre-populated by LinkedIn. There's over 200 of them that LinkedIn um, supplies. Some examples might be marketing, uh, public speaking, uh, copywriting, uh, proofreading, um, skills that I'm sure lots of you have been honing and developing over the years. Basically, you want to think, what's something that I could really explain to someone at, at the dinner table or give, give advice to? That's a skill. And once you add those skills to your profile, your colleagues and, and people in your professional network on LinkedIn can endorse you for them. So when you're searching for jobs, it's great to have those there because if there's particular skills that an employer is looking for and they see them on your profile and see that you've got some endorsements for them, they're going to be excited. Um, and the best way to get uh, endorsements um, for your skills on LinkedIn, endorse other people. So think about um, people who are already on um, the same committee that you're on or people who you've worked, for, worked with or for in the past on LinkedIn quickly go into their profile and endorse one of their skills. And I think you'll find they'll do the same for you. Perfect. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, Kuma, I want to go back to you because I think we missed uh, just a, a key point about Twitter and using that as a platform to express your views and comments. You were getting into it a little bit at the beginning. Um, you know, you should be careful in general about expressing your frustrations on Twitter because Twitter obviously is another platform employers look at, into. Can you give an example of this? Yeah, sure. So social media, you know, we all know social media is a great place to raise awareness and spread positivity. Um, but I think we could all agree that there's also a lot of negativity and mean comments on social media. And what I like to say about that is that if you can't comment something nice, don't comment anything at all. Um, it goes without saying that organizations are looking to hire people who are kind and respectful to those around them. And we want to hire people who also contribute to the company's culture in a positive way. So avoid writing any inappropriate or mean comments on social media because I've actually seen firsthand people lose opportunities because of this. And specific to Twitter, you know, Twitter is a great platform to let out the frustrations and blow off some steam. But um, writing mean tweets about your boss or about your job, even if it's from a previous employer, it just reflects really badly on you. And you know, this is not just specific to Twitter. On any social media platform, you should really think before you post. 
And it's not just for, oh, you don't want employers to see, so you don't want your job to be, uh, you know, your job opportunity to be impacted. But it's really that writing mean comments, um, it really speaks to the core values of a person. And as you mentioned before, companies have core values. We have them here at Fidelity. And we want to make sure that the people that we hire, um, they their core values align with the company's core values as well. Absolutely. And it's just important to keep everything professional on all these platforms, uh, commenting and posting and sharing different posts too. Elizabeth, I can go back to you uh, on the LinkedIn platform. How can you use posting to your advantage and, and sort of some tips on how students can use, um, can share posts on LinkedIn? Absolutely. Well, on LinkedIn, a great rule of thumb is to just share everything that Fidelity Canada posts. Um, I'm of course kidding. <laughs> um, so what I like to say when it comes to LinkedIn and posting is that with any social media platform, it's not about broadcasting a message. It's about being part of a conversation. So as much as you want to think about what you're putting on LinkedIn and what you're posting there, you also want to think about how you're engaging with the people you're connected to on LinkedIn. So let me give you a specific example. I will preface this by saying I've been working in social media for a long time and I always tell people don't do anything you're uncomfortable with. So you don't need to feel pressured to post on LinkedIn every day if it's new to you, if you're just building up your platform. Set yourself a goal that is aligned with a pace that you think you can set up, you can, you can keep up with. The most important thing is consistency. Um, so just make sure that, you know, if you're posting once a week that you can keep posting once a week, that would be far better than posting once a day for seven days in a row. And then, you know, not uh, us not hearing from you for, for another seven months. Um, so what I like to recommend is you can set a reminder in your calendar. Let's say you want to, um, make your goal weekly content on LinkedIn. So put a reminder in your calendar just for an hour, call it professional development time. Go into LinkedIn, think about posting. So for posting something on LinkedIn, the easiest thing to do is to just share a post from someone or, or an organization you follow on LinkedIn and maybe add your own commentary. So let's say uh, the university you attended posted something really interesting um, about Thanksgiving weekend uh, coming up. Obviously, it's past, but uh, you could just share that and, and add a note about um, what you're doing with a group or an organization uh, for Thanksgiving. That's a really easy post to put out. Um, and it's really important to follow um, companies that you are interested in, um, schools and organizations you're part of, people that you admire um, who are uh, who have big profiles and publish a lot of content on LinkedIn, because it's going to make it easier to post more often if you're able to share um, that content. So do that maybe once a week. But in addition to doing that, and just as important as doing that, take that time to try to find new connections to make on LinkedIn. Add some people uh, who you worked with in the past. Add people who you know um, through school or work. Um, add friends and family to LinkedIn. And then take that time to comment on their posts, to endorse them for skills like I was talking about. If you want to have people engage with your content, then you need to engage with their content. Like I said, it's about starting a conversation, not just posting something on LinkedIn and stepping back and calling it a day. I hope that makes sense. 
No, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I really like how you framed it as setting up a cadence of how much you post on LinkedIn, right? Because posting every day for seven days and then not hearing you hearing from you for months, not good. But setting up, like you said, setting up um, a schedule and a cadence there uh, just to make employers aware that, you know, you still have a presence on LinkedIn. Uh, Komal, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so for LinkedIn, I was actually approached on LinkedIn for this job I have right now at Fidelity. So big LinkedIn fan. And, um, you know, it's because I was active on LinkedIn. I was, I wasn't looking for a job at the time. I was just active. I was sharing what I was doing. I was very passionate about it. And I'm not saying, you know, like Elizabeth mentioned, you don't have to be super active on all social media platforms all the time. You know, I don't really use Facebook and Twitter that much anymore. And my Instagram is private, like we mentioned before, but my Instagram's great. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the point is that LinkedIn is that place that students go to look for opportunities and connect with employers. And I think students need to keep in mind that to make sure to don't misrepresent yourself on LinkedIn. So sometimes it may seem harmless to um, edit a previous job title to make it sound a bit more impressive or make it look like you were with an employer a bit longer than you actually were. But uh, companies are constantly doing background checks and you wanna make sure that this type of dishonesty doesn't cost you the opportunity. And one more thing I'll add to that is keeping your LinkedIn profile up to date. You know, if you're networking and virtual sessions and meeting other professionals and talking about your experiences, if they go check your LinkedIn profile afterwards, which by the way, you should definitely have a LinkedIn profile if you're networking uh, professionally, um, you want to make sure that the information on your LinkedIn page matches the experiences you shared with the other professionals because um, otherwise it could come off with it as a red flag. And so many, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to add there that so many times, you know, um, people forget that to match their resume with their LinkedIn profile. It's like you mentioned, it's all about keeping it up to date because there's so many times, you know, your work experience and sort of that order of, of, um, you know, dates and years don't match with your LinkedIn. And then that's sort of a red flag to employers too, right? Like you can't keep that straight. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Elizabeth uh, Como, we can talk more and more about social media. So much to talk about. Any sort of lasting thoughts you want to leave with students and young investors about, you know, truly being your authentic self on social media? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that word authentic, Emily, because I think it is really important. You know, I, I, like I mentioned, have worked in social media for a long time, and I know that especially uh, with a platform like LinkedIn, where you're really looking to impress future employers, um, you can be a little bit nervous about what you're putting out there. But my advice is always to just be yourself. I know that um, you're all going to do a fantastic job of coming across as professional. But uh, in my opinion, employers, when they're looking to hire someone, they're looking to hire a human being. So I would say when you're thinking about what you're posting or sharing on LinkedIn and on social media in general, think about uh, mixing it up a bit. Don't always make it about the work that you're doing and your professional accomplishments. Things like hobbies, um, sports, even socializing with friends in a, in a professional manner show that you're a well-rounded human being. Um, and that's what an employer wants to see. I think that uh, being able to stick with a hobby or a sport is a great example to an employer of what makes you a great team player or, or makes you a creative person to hire. So 
I do encourage you to think about bringing an aspect of yourself into social media. Post about the the things um, that are relevant in the industry you're working in, but also post about the things that are relevant um, to you as a person. And Como, before I go to you with your uh, uh, last thoughts, we do actually have some questions coming in. I guess it just needed some time to, to warm up here. So I'm going to pose this uh, question to Elizabeth because one viewer is asking, what does a career in social media look like today? Big question there, but uh, yeah. That's a great question. It's extremely glamorous. Um, you're taking selfies all the time. No, I'm of course <laughs> kidding. Um, I think that um, people are often surprised, um, especially my boyfriend who has a business background uh, more so than I do, how much um, you really need to have an analytical strategic background if you want to work in social media. There's a lot of um, measurement and numbers. Um, so make sure you're taking those stats classes. But I would say the most important um, thing if you're looking at going into a field like social media or digital marketing in general is to um, be the kind of person who really likes every day to be different. Things change so quickly in social media. Um, I'm I, During my time here, um, I've seen platforms uh, come into the picture and go away. Um, we're seeing new platforms like Snapchat and, and TikTok, um, but also, you know, um, Instagram introducing wheel, reels, things like that. Mm -hmm. You have to be really um, the kind of person who not only is okay with pivoting um, with technology changes, but is excited by it. That's what I would say if you're interested in working in social media. But I would also say that there are a lot of opportunities and um, Como could probably speak to this better than I can, but in my opinion, any knowledge of social media um, is, uh, no matter your field, is going to look like an asset to your employer um, because it's just part of the world we're living in now. More questions rolling in. Thank you so much for your participation. Okay, here's one. Are recruiters less likely to hire individuals who have all their social media accounts private. I know, Komal, you're talking about sort of setting your um, profiles to private. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What if everything's so, private on your social media? Yeah, well, I think it depends on, you know, if you're looking for opportunities, I would assume your LinkedIn is uh, accessible. You know, I don't think that you should be a complete ghost. It also is a red <laughs> flag if you're not able to find a candidate on social media. It's more like, oh, we're where are they hiding? Um, so I do think, you know, like, like I was mentioning before, LinkedIn was a platform that I was really active on, but I wasn't so active on the others. So I guess you really have to choose where, what you're looking for, where your focus is, but I wouldn't recommend being completely, you know, I just disappeared on social media because it is somewhere that, you know, like Elizabeth mentioned, it is a very important platform and we're all part of it. And, um, I think we could use it to our advantage. And just to branch off of that, what if you don't have any um, other social media accounts besides LinkedIn? Like, what if you only have LinkedIn? Is that a good uh, suggestion just to have that one open or should you have more? I think, you know, let's say that you're looking for a corporate job um, at Fidelity. I think the main social media platform that we would look at first is LinkedIn. Um, if you don't have any other social media platforms, you know, that's a personal choice. Not everyone needs to be on social media. Not everyone needs to be off social media. It's definitely a personal choice at the end of the day. 
I think as long as you're not misrepresenting yourself online or any of the social media platforms, or like I said, spreading negativity, I think those are the red flags that employers often look for, um, you know, posts and pictures that are inappropriate. I think that's usually the red flag. So I don't think you need to worry about blasting all these social media accounts, making sure that you have active accounts. I think you should see, like really focus in on what are you looking for? What is your objective? What is your yeah. goal? And that's how you will ultimately make all the other decisions. Here's a question about work experience, I believe, under uh, LinkedIn. Maybe, Elizabeth, you want to take this one. Many students post their student clubs under work experience as they don't have much professional experience yet, right? Um, however, they are in these target clubs and like to show that. Do you recommend this? Yeah, I, I definitely think um, for work experience, especially when you're just starting out, um, adding something like a club is completely relevant. Um, it demonstrates... Uh, a variety of different skills that you have, but I think, think of it when you're building out on LinkedIn, um, you know, when you're talking about your work experience at that club, think what did I do that would be similar to if this were my full-time job? So talk about things that you did there that would make you stand out. Um, you know, did you manage a team? Did you um, have to manage a project? Did you do any training? Um, try to match the skills that you're listing to what you know will be applicable for your potential employer. Um, but I, I absolutely think that that's completely fine. I would say it's always better to have something, even if it seems, um, you know, it, even if it seems like it wouldn't be relevant, it's, it's better to have something than to look like you don't have experience. I come from a farming background. And for a long time, when I was starting out, you know, there was chicken farming on my resume. It still showed that I was able to wake up in the morning and get a job done. It's such a great point. And it goes back to your other point about um, listing your hobbies making sure you know you show people you're a well-rounded person right and you're and and also to the message of being your authentic self exactly so um i'm sure the chicken farming caught a lot of employers eyes uh <laughs> when you had that down elizabeth um a few more questions here so uh for another linkedin question would it be appropriate to write a few bullet points under each work experience like a resume or would it be better to keep it a brief one-line summary instead? Yeah, I mean, there's really no wrong answers. Different people do it different ways. I would say whatever um, format best um, communicates who what you did there. Um, so if you wanna do it, a few short sentences, um, kind of through the perspective of, during my time here, I did this, that's fine. If you wanna do bullet points, I, I, I really don't think that there's um, any rule around that, just whatever you think will most effectively communicate what you're trying to say. I'll just, yeah, I'll just add on to that as well. And I think one of the things for um, LinkedIn and even resumes, sometimes, you know, the title will be a customer service representative. And then the bullet point underneath will say, practice great customer service skills or, you know, serve customers in, the, in a great professional manner. But that kind of bullet point is already, you know, is already an obvious one because of the title. So I would avoid just kind of repeating what the title is. If the title kind of explains what the role is, I would try to highlight other parts of the role that maybe not be so obvious or maybe show a little bit more of your skill set. 
Oh, yeah. Really good point. Really good tip there. Um, one last question here. I'm going to send it to Komal because this actually is connected to our next topic in a few weeks. Uh, what would you advise students to connect um, with recruiters right after networking sessions? So some tips on how to, I guess, continue that relationship with recruiters after you've had a networking session with them. Yeah, so this is definitely falls under virtual networking. Um, I will say one thing. Um, I think LinkedIn is a great platform and, you know, there is DMs, direct messages, but I wouldn't recommend sliding straight into the DMs. <laughs> so what I would say is start that conversation on the platform, on the posting platform. So if you met a recruiter or a representative from a company and, you know, you take a look at their LinkedIn profile, you see some of their posts, maybe you see something they're passionate about. Comment on the post, like the post, mm. ask a question on the post, start a conversation. And this is, you know, to reiterate what Elizabeth said before, then you become part of the conversation instead of just sending out DMs, copying and pasting and hoping for recruiters to reach out. You're setting yourself aside by becoming, by taking a genuine interest. And um, then when you do connect with the recruiter, you have more of a direction for the conversation. Okay, great strategy there. Uh, Kuma Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your great insights. It was really wonderful to kick off our very first Fidelity Next webcast with you both. Thank, thank you, you for having us, Emily. I'll just add one more point to yeah. end off. Um, just speaking on authenticity, you know, I totally agree with Elizabeth. You are a human being and you want, those are the kind of people we want to see that on social media. So, um, you could show this about your career as well. You know, a great way to stand out is attend virtual sessions and webcasts. Um, I think what students often forget is as much as they want to get in front of employers, employers also want to get in front of students. So there are so many webcasts out there that hold valuable information, you know, post that you're attending them, post afterwards what you learn from them, share your personal and professional accomplishments, because this is what really shows employers that you're a well-rounded, driven, passionate individual. And I know specific to Fidelity, we provide so much training for students that they can take with them anywhere in their career. So to see students who are taking that initiative to develop their skill set and self-develop themselves is something that would make them a great fit at Fidelity. Absolutely right. Thank you so much, Komal and Elizabeth. We are planning to bring you more student-focused content every two weeks. Our next topic will be virtual networking and how to forge connections online and open doors for your next career move. I'm Emily Anunlovo. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, Follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice.